Folks, today I personally and thir- I personally am thoroughly excited for today's episode because I get to ask my beautiful wife, Catherine Joy, a variety of questions that I have been dying to know the answer to. And it just so happens that some of you have been desiring to know the answer to these questions as well, because we've gotten these questions a handful of times from you. And so it's a little bit of a one-sided Q&A tonight, uh, and hopefully curiosities, yeah, hopefully curious minds, hopefully curious minds are satisfied with the answers. No pressure, Katie. I know. I was going to say, I don't know what these questions are, and I usually do a lot better when I feel like I've like had time to think through what I'm going to say, you know? Oh, trust me. I know. No, I'm joking. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get your opinion on some of these too. That's right. But before we jump in, folks, I do want to say thank you so much for all the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. It has been such a blessing to Katie and I to see the encouragement from you there on iTunes. And then anybody that watches on YouTube, uh, when you take the time to leave comments, when you like the video, when you subscribe, those things mean so much to, to Katie and myself as well. And then I also want to do one last shout out. You know what? Actually, you know what? We're going to kick into the intro. I'll do the next. I'll do the next little plug after the intro. Well, no one's going to listen through the intro to hear a plug. So maybe you should just say it right now. Nope. Not doing it. Okay. All right. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. I was going to say I'm dying to hear what this plug is. See, I know. I knew you'd you'd hang in there. You want to hear the plug? Yeah, okay. What is it? The plug that I'm going to make is for my online music academy. And I feel like I'm able to make these plugs more and more and do it without shame, I guess, because the Voberg Music Academy is becoming kind of less and less me and more and more of other amazing teachers that I'm pumped about. Namely, your sister, my sister-in-law, Kelsey. Her piano courses are so amazing. Hearing the results from so many students many of the you are listeners hearing your kids hearing you as adults learning the piano for the first time or going back to the piano and continuing on your progress as an adult has been so inspirational and for the longest time Voper Music Academy was like 90% guitar students and there still obviously is a, a, a whole plethora of guitar players on there who I love hearing I love all those guitar players and hearing their progress but it's been so fun to see all the piano players coming in and playing music in their home. And so I'm making a plug for Votberg Music Academy. I'm going to link a 10% discount code in the show notes because, and nobody else really knows about this, for some select courses, there's actually going to be a price increase. Whoa. Didn't you just do that? Didn't you already do the price increase? Well, I'm doing it right now, but it's not in effect. And so I'm putting uh. this 10% code in here and then... Here, I mean, I don't know when people are going to be listening to this, but no, come November 1st, you, basically, you got to lock in your rate now. <laughs> lock it so in. So every rate, just so you guys know how Voteberg Music Academy works, it is for, you get a lesson a week, uh, for, a lesson a week. I was going to say for the month, but it's ongoing. Uh, most of the programs are 12 weeks long. Some of them are 24 weeks long. And you pay once a month and whatever fee you sign up with, you get to continue that price through however long you're enrolled. Six months, a year, uh, you get to lock in that monthly price. Yes. So. so not only is that 10% discount not just good for this month or your first month, but indefinitely. And so is you getting in before there's a price increase on some select courses. So 
Yeah. So the courses that there are real quick are fiddle, yep. which is the same thing as violin. It's just played differently. Uh, piano, guitar, yep. mandolin, and ukulele. So yeah, I'll link it, it below. You can go check them out. There we go. That was the plug, Katie. Okay. All right. That was great. I've been meaning to do yeah, that. Yeah. I thought that you already increased the price because I knew it was going up this fall. Yes. So um, I was behind the times. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me get that get that out of the way. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> do you have some questions for me? I do. Yes. And <laughs> I don't like you looking over my shoulder here. And I'm not, a I cannot peek. see this far away. Okay. So this is, um, this is a question, Katie. Do you ever take a holiday? Do you ever take a holiday? So the way that this question is phrased, I feel like it's from someone in Europe. Like, do you take a holiday? That's like how I picture it uh, being spoken. Um, I mean, we just took a little holiday this week. It was really short and spontaneous. Elisha and I just really felt like we needed some time together and be able to just talk without interruption. And so Elisha patchworked together babysitters for our kids and we left on a Wednesday afternoon spent the night overnight in this little cabin which we'll show you on Instagram but there was I was surprised it had electricity it had like one little light which was awesome yes you brought your own bedding and everything and uh we just stayed up all night talking by the fire and cooking hot dogs and slept in the next morning. Didn't have to get up, uh, for all the little kiddos, which is awesome. Cause they're so eager to bounce out of bed, which I love, but it's hard to get up to sometimes. And, and it was great. We came back on a Thursday mid morning. Yeah. I mean, that's a very short little getaway yeah. that we've done, which was a huge win. Yeah, I'm really it was glad. Really, really awesome. Yeah, and that little cabin was just so picturesque and perfect. And it was so such a blessing, I feel like, to our marriage, to our relationship, to have that carefree, timeless feeling, especially at nighttime. Like, the conversation yeah. that you and I were able to enjoy, it wasn't some structured, like, hey, we need to sit down and have this, you know, heart-to-heart, serious conversation. It was just carefree, wherever the topic led us. And we were not stressed about getting to bed because of kids getting us up the next morning. And so we stayed up, like you said, by the campfire way later than what we would on a normal night. But there was no stress because we were just loving the conversation. And like you said, we slept in the next morning. So I feel like that was a huge win. We've also, this question actually. Elisha has an answer he wants to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Elisha's going to answer this question now. No, I do. This is something that I think Katie and I both want to get better at doing. And that's taking family trips, family vacations that are purely just our family because mm-hmm. we travel what feels like a whole lot. It feels like a lot to us. I, I know everybody's like capacity is different, but it feels like we're on the road more than what we would prefer to be on the road. We are literally on the road more than anyone I know, aside from people living in RVs. Well, there you go. <laughs> Seriously. And I, I talk to a lot of people. Yes, you do. <laughs> you are connected. Uh, and, uh, and we would prefer, and so it, but, but almost all of these trips actually like, almost, yeah, entirely all of them are not like our own family trip. It's usually other commitments that we are a part of other family commitments, um, work commitments, um, and so on. However, the handful of family getaways that we've done with just our family are literally like our favorite memories. They're so special. Like even, even little things like going out, we did a three and a half mile hike with the kids. It was half 
like straight up a mountain, you know, with those switchbacks and half down. And I didn't know how they were going to do, but they did amazing. Uh, And just little stuff like that is so sweet when it's just our little family and the kids are so engaged. So yeah, we're hoping, we're hoping to do a little ski trip this winter with just our family. We went camping this summer and I think we would love to do that as a family, like going forward annually. Um, This time we went with friends because we really felt like we didn't know what we were doing and we needed to (laughs) break in easy. (laughs) We wanted some other people there for support. But I think that's something that we would like to do as a little family annual vacation. So yeah, I guess we would like to do more holidays as just a family. Yes, we would. Okay, we can move on to the next question. Okay, I'm ready when you are. Give me the permission. how should we spend our golden years together? How should we spend our golden years together? Is yeah. that a question someone asks? Because I don't think they would say that. No, I, I'm asking that. Okay, I'm well. kind of working in some of my own questions <gasps> oh, here. Oh, I see. How should we spend our golden years together? Okay, you know what's funny, is, Elisha? Is I was just thinking that. Like, literally, I was inside just thinking that. Because, well, I think a couple things have had me thinking this. And... That's one. I have become heavily vest- invested in teaching our kids th- kids things, and I never thought that that would be something that could like be completely consuming for me. But it definitely can be. And so I always thought like, oh, I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna seriously not struggle at all when like our kids leave the house and Elisha and I do everything together, and it's just gonna be like whatever. You know, it's easier to do everything together now. But I can see how your kids can just take up as much time as you have and you feel very good about pouring time into them because you see the dividends and you see how excited they are and all those things. So I am in like a new season right now where I'm thinking like, okay, I want Elisha's and my relationship to be stronger than my relationship with the kids. So it's not like the kids grow up and leave. Well, another reason why I've been thinking this is because we had the miscarriage, right? We've always been able to get pregnant basically whenever we wanted in my mind. And um, we haven't gotten pregnant since the miscarriage. And so I don't know like when that's going to happen or not or whatever. But in my mind, I'm just thinking, okay, I have four kids now. So like potentially, I mean, Lord willing, we'll still have more children. But like what if these are the four children the Lord gave me and and gave Elisha and I? And then they're going to be like grown fast. And um, it's not like... Elisha's in my family so we grew up and where like our moms were grandmas and moms still homeschooling and all that at the sure. same time you know anyways that was a really long introduction but I was thinking about this and I was thinking I want to be in a place where like we we have this like these things we can dive into in our golden years I mean I think I love new experiences with you mm-hmm. and even just going on that little to that little cabin that was like yep. so special so fun um we're both like really into literature right now, I feel like. Yeah. And so if I were like, I would love to travel to some of the places, like kind of nerd out with you, I guess, if we could on different places we've read about or different people's lives. And, you know, like be like those old people that like (laughs) go into our cool spots and like cool restaurants or grand ideas were thought up and all that stuff. Um, I'd also like to be in ministry with you. Yes. Uh, hopefully growing that and be able to speak into younger women and younger moms' lives and um, younger couples' marriages with you. And uh, 
yeah, hopefully be traveling around and seeing our grandkids and supporting our children. Yeah. Having the freedom, uh, both time and money wise to be able to do that and to be able to really bless them. Mm-hmm. That was a long question, but long answer. What yeah. about you? Yeah. Yeah. Long answer. No, oh, this is Katie. You don't get to hear my yes. Oh this. yes, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've thought a lot about it recently, but I think it's crossed my mind a handful of times recently for some of the same reasons I think you brought up in seeing how all-consuming our children can be, and that's like everything we're talking about. It seems like a lot of stuff that we're getting excited about has to do with them, and then just the amount of actual physical time that they take up in yeah, tending like- to their needs. And when go they're gone, are like we gonna track each other's outside hours? Yep, or? exactly. We will. We'll need to. <laughs> How's that gonna work? Yeah, we'll have to find some way to quantify like wins in a new way. Um, <gasps> but anyways, I've thought about it a little bit, and I do think that, like you said, being able to be in a position where we can truly pour into our children and our grandchildren um, is something that I greatly desire, and that means, however however they need being poured into, you know, having the time to pour into them, having the wisdom and the knowledge. And also just, I think having like our love tanks full so that we have love to give. Mm -hmm. Um, and then being more and more solidified in our faith, being financially capable to bless them and and help them. I don't want to be, you know, enabling any poor habits, you know, and support them financially. Um, I want them to be able to branch out and, and obviously, um, be independent in those areas. But that's a strong desire of mine. And then like you said, being in ministry, it is just, I don't know, it, I'm so inspired like seeing my dad and my mom. Um, my mom like go back to school now in her 60s for stuff her and my dad are doing in ministry in their local church. And it's very non, like non-glamorous ministry. You know, it's like just yeah, so... Yeah, like a super tiny church. Yeah, just under the radar. But there's just, I don't know, I look at older people and they've got such a, a wealth of knowledge and are there a bunch of fun things I want to do with you? Absolutely. And I think serving in ministry can be really fun and really fulfilling, but I don't know. I, I really, I love it when, when older couples, yeah, they travel, they see their grandkids, but then they're also plugged in on a local church and they're pouring into the younger families and the younger Christians there. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be awesome to, to do that. Cool. That's good. Yeah. We both want to do the same thing. Yes. That is kind of nice. Okay. I'll go to, uh, one of the listener questions here, okay? So okay. This one's not, this not, this one's not coming for me. I'm actually curious of this, okay? Because this is something that I don't know if you and I have talked that detail in depth about. But how do you, how do you and how did your mother deal with picky eaters? Okay, so I'm going to say I have a whole highlight on this on Instagram at now that I'm a mother dot health. So. That is like, I talk and I probably slurred that it's now that I'm a mother dot health and there's a highlight on picky eaters. I kind of walk you through everything that we do and what my mom did and all that. We don't have picky eaters in our home. I think picky eaters is more of a mindset than it is a actual trait, uh, because you'll notice that picky eaters often will run in families. Like you'll have a family of picky eaters. Hmm. And I think sometimes it could be like a susceptibility, like, um, like you as the mom maybe can remember sometime you were forced to eat something or you didn't like something or, or maybe your tummy hurt after something because you like had a gluten intolerance and your parents didn't know or whatever. And so we're over concerned about these things with our children. 
And, um, but that's just not something that we struggle with in our home to do. Are there times when Leon and Lucy, I mean, this happened tonight. I made a curry and they didn't want to eat the curry. And I put a little bit on each of their plates and that's, I mean, that's what they're getting for dinner. So they don't have to eat it, but if they get hungry during the night, their plates are up there on the counter and they're free to go back and finish their dinner if they'd like. And we've had that happen maybe like once a month, um, where they all, Go on strike. We'll conspire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But most often I feel like one of the kids will decide they like want to play the favorite child. Lucy does this a lot. And she'll be like, oh, this is good. I like this. And I feel like she's just saying that. Yeah. Um, and then the other boys will like start to taste it and be like, oh, it is good. And it like becomes this dog pile effect. I feel like that happens 90% of the time. Yeah. When does. one of the kids doesn't like what's served for dinner, and then you get one. It, it, you just need to get one on your side. Yeah, you get one going, and then like, you start. Oh, but Louis loves potatoes. Louis, these are so good. You're gonna love these. Yeah. There's cheese in them, and he's just like, I do love these potatoes, and the other kids feel like they're missing out. Yeah, and they're yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of that whole like a uh, Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn, you know, strategy. <laughs> yeah. But then in, in addition to that, I think that um, it just like breaks the barrier down. But also, we we kind of encourage that. I think when one of the kids is eating we praise them. We're like, wow, look, look how much Louie's eating. He's going to get so big and strong. And then Leon, his older brother's like, man, I don't want my little brother getting yeah. stronger than me, you know, cause he's eating more food than me. I mean, again, I, I talk about a lot of things in that highlight, but definitely if your kids are getting processed food consistently, then it's no wonder that they aren't going to want to eat other foods because they just aren't as delicious as far as they don't have those fast acting compounds of MSG or high sugar or all these things that we crave. Right. And so something that we, that's a big part of our home in general is we are giving our children the appetites they are going to have for the rest of their lives. And that comes with food that comes with media consumption that comes with what they desire to do on their free time, um, how they think all these different things. And food's just one aspect of that, of that area. Um, so we need to be giving them things that they're going to want to eat. Like my kids, when I was growing up, bell peppers, like green bell peppers were a treat around our house. And it's the same thing for my kids. Like they love eating carrots. They love eating bell peppers as snacks. You know, they love eating salads. And I think that that's because that's something that they were given as at a really young age. And that's not to say they don't want a donut and mac and cheese, you know? Sure. But, um, I find that the better food that we're eating and the more consistently we're eating that good food, the less revolts I have. Yeah, you really can basically create in your children an appetite that benefits them long term, or you can really kind of do them a disservice and have in developing an appetite within them that's going to really that's harm them. Really going to bite them down the road, either nutritionally or physically or something like that, because now they have all these cravings and they're going to have to fight those the rest of their lives. So I think it's worth the fight to fight with them right now and to fight alongside them than it is to just be like, you know, I'm going to take the easy road. Just let them eat their dinner. You know, I don't want to deal with this. And, um, they're fighting those cravings for the rest of their lives. Yeah. That's good, Katie. Okay. One of my questions now, we're about to start a new week. <laughs> it's, it's Sunday night right now. And I'm curious. I really want to know what's something I can do to make your week better. Wow. That's what I want to know. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> Um, 
mean, I'm really excited about this week. I think it's going to be a great week. And I mean, I'm grateful for things like this podcast and just being able to visit and yeah. have conversation. I think like being able to connect in the evenings before we go to bed is something mm-hmm. that's big for me. And something so is that I the really one thing? That would be the one thing I would say. It's just like whether you're going to spend the evening by yourself or we're going to do something together, if we can always connect and visit. Yeah, have like a solidified bookend. Yeah. Kind of like post-game meeting to talk about how the day went, what's going on yeah. the next day. That's good. Yeah. What's something I could do for you this week? No, I'm not going to. Yeah, come on. It. You have to tell me. I'm trying to be a better wife here. Well. I can tell you off air because. Oh, no, that's not, that's not it. (laughs) Is there anything else? Um, Let's see. Uh, Well, yeah, I hadn't thought of this question from my perspective. You, you facilitate my life so above and beyond. Like I feel like day after day, I'm just set up Mm -hmm. to thrive and to succeed because of all the things you think to do for me. And so like that's I mean, just I how I feel. I could have said that of you. You're doing a way better job of being a husband than I am at being a wife right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. That's, that's not true. true. That is not true. That is true. Uh, that's never been the truth. And it's certainly <laughs> and it's certainly not the truth now. Uh, okay. I feel like I've been dropping the ball though. So I, can you tell me an area that you think would be helpful? Oh boy. I, I, I don't think there's any deficiencies in, in like in how you're serving me. Um, Excuse me. Um, boy. I tell you what, I cannot. Okay, well, you could tell me after the podcast, but you have to tell me something. Tell you something, huh? Yeah. Boy, yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking of my days and my week. I I don't know. I just feel like you just sent. Yeah, I, you are so, yeah, thoughtful in how you serve me and how. I mean, you don't, you don't believe it. I feel like you're lacking self-confidence right now or like your self-esteem is really down right now because oh my goodness. I think you're amazing okay, and well, thank you've you. been, you've been, okay. yeah, treating me. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Next question. Uh, no, thank you. Um, okay. I lost this next one. Um, This is something else. This might be in highlights. I'm just going to ask it. How do you address bickering or sibling rivalry when you're already super intentional with your parenting with our kids? I mean, I think your perspective on that really matters. Sibling bickering and rivalry is, is the beginning of social interacting socially. And so they're going to do it wrong because they haven't been taught to do it right. So there's nothing wrong with bickering happening, fighting happening, disagreements happening. They need to learn how to navigate that. And that's cool because they get to learn that in our homes with us as the parents. So instead of getting all flustered and thinking, I'm doing something wrong, um, if you're being intentional, you know, I'm going at this from the standpoint like this um, gal said, that she's already being intentional. So she's already aware that one child isn't getting picked on a lot because she's being in tune to that, or she's already aware that this child doesn't have a need that's not being filled, and so he's seeking out negative attention, or she's seeking out negative attention. Mm. Because those are all things, and there's a lot more things that can contribute to siblings taking out their frustration on another sibling. But this is just a natural part of life, so learning how to share, learning how to forgive, learning how to apologize, 
those are all just things that we get to walk with our kids through. Yeah. And I, I love how you give our kids the perspective and we use this language in our home all the time and that your, your friend, your sibling is your friend and you want to be their friend. And mm-hmm. when you start letting language that implies that it makes sense that you've got and t- like that, that you're maybe that your sibling's yes. an antagonist um, or that they're a rival or that you're trying to frame things in a certain way that like that it's less than it's like, no, that what never changes is the narrative, which is a true narrative and that your sibling can be your best friend. And it's the greatest gift that the Lord's given to you to be close to this friend. Um, yes, and there's not- no grounds to to maybe try to comfort our child and empathize with them and be like, oh yeah, you know, you used to just have mommy all to yourself yes. and now you have a little brother and he just tears apart all your things. That is destroying yes. your children's relationship. So yeah, that's a great example. You only say, yeah, you guys are best friends. Like, like I end conversa- conversations like that, you know, when Leanne and Louie are fighting, one of them hurts the other one and they say they're sorry and they hug and I'm like, yeah, you guys are best friends. You don't want to hurt each other. And they're like, yeah, it's just affirming that, that truth. Yes, that's right. Cause and I they think really are, it is very tempting to say things like what you just said in an effort to comfort them and to try to calm them. Say like, yeah, we just don't have as much time as we used to now because you've got more siblings or we, you know, you don't get all the toys to yourself now because you've got more siblings mm-hmm. or to kind of like throw them a bone for why they are feel like they're yeah. missing out on something. And it's just not true. And, and, and also you get to, you get to just really set the tone. Talk about picking, you know, choosing the appetite for your home. You really get to set the tone in your home. It doesn't mean it's always going to be experienced, but you do get to choose the words and then the experience follows that. And one other thing that I would just touch on real quickly is bringing in books that are like that, you know, like adjusting to a new baby books, like do not, your kid does not need, this is a very natural thing to have a baby in the home. It's celebrated. It's wonderful. It's a gift. We don't need to learn how to adjust to the new baby and treat it like it's going to wreck your life. Like that's just not, not a conversation that needs to happen. It's bringing in concerns that weren't there for the child in the first place. Um, so Things like that, movies that portray siblings fighting and talking nasty to each other, which is like the majority of modern media. It's the same way we don't watch videos where the dad's treated as the fool and the mom has all the answers. Um, It's just not a narrative that is healthy or that should be portrayed in a home. Yeah. Because it starts to shape our children's perspective of, oh, that's how we should treat my parents I should be disrespectful towards them or my mom should be disrespectful towards my dad or we should fight that's just normal you know yeah yeah all those things that's right yeah I even think of just little comments and it's easy to say these things in in public like we I I still catch myself saying things in public that I don't believe and that I get so mad at myself for saying them um but you'll say things in front of your kids in public, just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, you know how, you know how siblings are like nothing like a little sister to embarrass you or nothing like a big brother to be the bully. And you're kind of, you're saying that to other adults at the park or maybe after church and your kids hear all those things. And I just think that I know I'm always convicted when I say, when I'm trying to like, you know, be the crowd pleaser in an environment and say something that's just not true about my kids or that I, I don't even believe anyways. Okay, Katie, how have you navigated date nights and babysitters in a new area where you know no one? Well, I feel like we've answered this question a lot. We basically just 
said on my Instagram, hey, does anyone know of a babysitter for our kids? And we knew a lot of people in North Idaho that like, that not like directly that we were close with, but I knew that I knew of a lot of people, I guess, that lived in North Idaho. And so we had a really sweet gal reach out who was like, hey, I'm, she was 15 years old. She's homeschooled. She's incredible. She uh, has a flip phone. So she joined our club. She was in it before we were. And uh, she like she never turns on the internet with the kids and all these awesome things. She just plays with them the whole time. And uh, But she just said, hey, I know mutual friends of yours. And we visited this gal's church and met her mom and her mom would come drop her off and she'd watch the kids and they were just thrilled to play with her. And so that has been an incredible blessing. And then I found two more um, gals that have helped us out the same way. Yes. So it's been really a blessing. When we were in Bend, that was harder because while we were technically near family, my family travels for like months at a time. And so they weren't there for like date nights or stuff like that that were consistent. And so I actually went on care.com, which sounds super sketchy to just invite someone over to watch your kids that don't even know your kids or that you have no background on or whatever. And um, this sweet Mormon girl who was 19 came over and I interviewed her. I wanted someone of um, a faith that I felt comfortable with, with the values and things attached to that. And, um, I stayed at the house and she watched Leon maybe three times. And so I'd be upstairs and I'd be working on projects or whatever. And she would hang out with Leon and we got more comfortable. I had more conversations with her. And then Elisha and I started using her as a date night babysitter Yeah. at that point. Cause Leon was so little, he was like a year old. So it wasn't like he was at the age where he could tell us anything or, you know, I just wanted to see how she interacted with him and have a baseline for how his interactions went with her. And he was always thrilled when she came and sad when she left. And that stayed exactly the same when we went on date nights and stuff like that. So that's probably the most out of our circle I've ever gone, but we were kind of desperate at that point. And like you said, you really kind of tiptoed into it by staying at the house for the first few times that she was over. You really got to hear the interactions um, and yeah, I feel like we, we were not flippant or cat. Yeah. We weren't flippant in the no, way I that was we very, very comfortable we with went her. into that. Um, and then also I, yeah, you know, we just, it's almost been easier moving to a place where we don't have family because that was just such a priority when we lived in towns that did have family. I think it took us a while, like what you were saying to find a steady ba- babysitter because we never knew if we could count on family or not. And like family, you know, they're free. And it's kind of like this win-win when they are available, but then you'll find yourself going months without a date because your family's unavailable for, for that length of time, which happens often, you know, where... And like when we lived in Elisha's hometown, it was actually really difficult because we all have, like all his siblings have their own little kids. So it's like they have four little kids and then we bring over our four little kids and it's crazy. So it's a lot to ask someone to do. Yes. So there's that. And they're looking for their own date night, you know, which you could swap or something like that. But the other thing was there were two gals that babysat basically for the whole community and for, for big events or for stuff like that. It was like, won't babysitters were gone Yeah, and we could never, it was so hard to nail down, not we can never, but it was so hard to nail down a babysitter because everyone was drawing from the same pool because we all had kids and we all 
had needs. So... (laughs) Yeah, and I think you and I would prefer to count on a babysitter and pay money and not spend any money on the date, but have yeah. the time set aside. Um, we, we'd prefer that even doing the whole, like you said, swapping nights, you know, where you mm-hmm. watch other families' kids and then they watch your kids. Um, that, again, I know people like different styles. We've never really found that to be a win um, in our instance, but we'd rather spend the money on a steady babysitter. We've never needed to. Never needed to do something like that. The, but I don't think it's the bad. swap. Yeah, exactly. It's never been like we haven't had another option. Yeah, it's just a lot of work. And I feel like that's a lot. It, it makes it really easy to not go on a date. Yeah. When uh, when it's that big of a deal, that big of an ask yeah. of somebody else. Okay. Um, last question. Last question. For me, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a dream I can help you achieve? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. You don't? Come on. What? You have no dreams? No, I mean, I'm. you're helping me do that right now. Like, you know of all my dreams. Well, refresh my memory. I mean, raising our kids is like my first and foremost one. I want to raise exceptional children Yeah. that love the Lord, that know what they believe, that are so firm in their beliefs and are able to go out and communicate clearly and impact the world with the gospel and be incredible husbands and wives Mm. and raise their children in a way that is in that same way with just intentionality, with having clear purpose and clear direction and not wandering and struggling with all these vices that I feel like we struggle with in the 21st century that just pull us down and distract us and make us foggy and clueless and just wandering around. You know, I want them to have vision and purpose and clarity and when they don't have it to go find it. Yeah. So, that is something that we're doing together. Yes. And I'm so grateful for your impact in our kids' lives. And well, and I'd just, say, yeah, today, like out working with the boys, mm-hmm. they just love working with you and feel that bond. And I'm so grateful for you modeling to, you know, Lucy, what a loving and romantic father or husband is like. And also to the boys, what a incredible man. Uh, after God and just protector and provider for his family looks like. So, wow. Thank you. I'm very grateful for you. Yeah, I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> oh, but even in addition to that, I think you and I have both been more than ever like grasping that vision and, or that dream of the multi-generational uh, family. Cause I think it is, yeah. we only know our kids now, but I think the Lord's given you and I given you and me a vision beyond our children to our children's children and then our Mm -hmm. great grandchildren and to think of three and four generations knowing the lord and being able to just i don't know be a part of that see the Mm -hmm. fruit uh genuinely gets me excited i used to hear people talk about it and i was like okay whatever like i just need to figure (laughs) out how to make more money and like keep the bills paid you know i'm just trying to get through this like this next week uh but the Lord's really given me, and I think you too, like you said, just seeing multi-generational families um, doing dinner together and be, and doing life together um, really gets me fired up. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's hard for me now. Honestly, this has like been a big thing I've just been wrestling with because a lot of my life I've been turned outward. Like I've wanted out, I wanted people to see what I was doing hmm. And that was very motivating for me. And I just thought like, that's who I was. And so I was like, well, if it helps me do these more behind the scene tasks, like cooking and cleaning and stuff like that, then it's a win, right? But it's 
I'm just navigating this whole new season of life, I guess, where I'm so turned inward towards the kids. And we're, I love the hospital. I love hospitality and having people over to our home and going to church and things like that, like very local community, like local, local. Mm. And just like my family and my house, I like, I'm not in a season where other dreams that I've had, like writing a book or, you know, doing a podcasting tour or even sharing what I'm doing with my kids right now or any of those things appeals to me. Um, Like the whole reason I want to get on this podcast right now is because Elisha and I get to have a conversation and (laughs) talk through stuff. Um, And so I don't know. It's just a new season for me and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it because I don't want to shut out other opportunities, but I really could care less about any of them. Yeah, it's crazy because you really have been, you've become a different person in in those regards. And, mm. and I don't think that there was anything bad with using the outside motivation to do good things within the home. I mean, mm. I think you and I are both an advocate of like finding ways to hold yourself accountable on things yeah. that you don't naturally, you know, have a propensity to do if they're a good thing, if you want to implement them into your life. And it is pretty wild. And I, and I feel similarly for me, but I think it's been a lot more of an extreme um, kind of like transformation in your life mm-hmm. where you you're like, man, I don't, I just want, I want this for the sake of the thing. Like I want, I yeah, want exactly, exactly. Whereas like I, I want to, I want to cook because I want the good food and I want the nourishment for our home. Yes. I want to clean because I want a clean restful environment for my family. And I want to do that in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Like I want to school our kids in a way that's just making sense to them and getting them excited to learn. Yes. And so I could care, like, I just don't care what other people think about it. I don't care if other people see it. I just want my family to see it and that I'm very content in that. So I don't know. I'm not sure how healthy it is though on, on one side for, I don't know, like the Lord's given a lot to us and I don't just want to bury it all under a bushel, I guess, and be Mm. like, this is my life and I'm happy with it, you know? Oh, as far as like a responsibility to share some things. To share some things. I don't know. I don't know where that line is, you know? Um, Yeah. So. I mean, I think we've been prayerful definitely every year, but even more than on an annual basis, we've been prayerful about how much we do want to share, don't want to share, what we think is healthy, what we think is appropriate, what we think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally, I like totally forget what this question was even about. But I think something in an area that I really want to grow in is knowing, getting better at using my energy to push your dreams forward. My dreams, huh? Yeah. Because I think that our dreams have been very tightly aligned Mm -hmm. up until this point. And there's been the separation with homemaking, taking a bigger priority and bigger um, being more joy for me and it's not naturally pushing me. I'm like, okay, I have to get this done, but I get to do all the fun stuff with Elisha that I actually want to do. Right. Um, which is share and talk and, you know, be out in the public eye a little bit more and stuff like that or build new courses or ideas. Mm -hmm. And, and we've talked about that, how I've just kind of pulled out completely. And I don't think that's, that's probably the area where I feel is the most unhealthy right now. Hmm. Yeah, but even that was an intentional thing. Like it was. I'm not saying it we was. found the perfect. And I'm. Not, I don't balance, think our balance is is perfect on that. But we didn't get to where we were at accident accidentally. 
Um, we made an intentional pivot really at the beginning, actually longer ago, like the, like, uh, it's been two years, I think. Yeah. It's right after Lawrence was born. And so we, I feel like we ended up exactly where we said we wanted to end up. Yeah. And now we're trying to decide if this was the best place to be. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I think it's not, I don't think it's like the perfect balance Mm -hmm. yet. And I don't know if you ever achieve a perfect balance, but it's, it's, there's some, something missing, you know, in yours and my, I think, unity sure, and clarity together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked through this a lot privately, I feel like just like the last month. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're just navigating a new season. And like, I want to have a strong bond and thing that we're, things that we're doing together outside of we're raising our children together. Yeah. But practically, that takes a lot more of my time. Yes, and you're exactly. putting a lot more of your time in the provision for our family. Yeah, um, well, like like I said, which is was the target goal two years ago. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So it's a win, and I don't I don't want to go back into providing for our, our family at all. Mm-hmm. But I would like for you to feel like oh, you know, I'm I'm fanning the flames of sure. your dreams. Yes. Instead of just like, there- hey. Honey, I'm home. If you come home, there's going to be food and right. a clean house for you, but no emotional energy to spend on your projects. I think that's it. Probably there's a yeah. lot of like my emotional energy is very taken up over here, and I've always been a little bit obsessive. I don't think in like a, I don't know. It's gone in and out of being healthy. Yeah, <laughs> you know I think I mean? there's only probably been a handful of times where it's been unhealthy. I like to be all in. And so right now I'm like, have been all in on our home and, and it's like, I don't know. You guys are just, we're in the middle of this. We'll, we'll talk to you when we, when we figure some stuff out. Yes. When we develop the system for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As we grow. I mean, you guys have seen us grow, I guess, over the past couple years into the place where we are at now, where I am just so content and I'm. I'm not oversharing over out there driven by money and numbers and, and success and all those things. Um, but now that, now that I'm here, you know, we're, we're I'm grateful that we're here. We want to continue to keep growing Yeah, and, and continue to, uh, there's always things to learn in every season. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're having those conversations, um, every day. Okay. One last question. Okay. Do you watch movies slash TV and they say, I want to break the habit as I waste too much time on them? Any advice? Yeah. So we get a lot of questions on screen time and movies and TV. And so for the kids, we do a family movie night. I don't know how often. Well, it's not been often because the weather's been so good. Yeah, we're curious to see how this goes in the winter. We've been taking family walks in the evening, even when it gets dark, and we've been loving that. When it's, you know, we're snowed in for 14 days at a time, we'll see how that changes. But yes. we don't do we don't do screens during the day for the kids at all. Um, and family movie nights are the only time when we watch something together. And I would say that's just been because I have too many things that I would like to do with them. And it seems like a big waste of time at this point to put them in front of a screen because I would way rather than be doing something that I would have them do that I feel like is progress. We only have so much time in our lives and I just feel like there's not enough of it. I mean, there is, but there's not enough of it if we squander it certain ways. So I always want the kids learning something 
and progressing and all these things that I have for them. So that's that now. Um, it wasn't always that way, but well, yeah, I'd say this time last year, it was completely different. The kids would probably ask for a movie or a show on a daily basis and probably multiple times a week. I would say, I mean, I think I got to the point where like it was 30 minutes a day was like good. And then we'd watch something every evening. Wow. So on a daily basis, yeah, they were asking for it. And then, and then more times than not, we were actually watching something and they never ask now because no. it's become we decide and are like okay that's what well, we're gonna yeah do we'll bring it up and like oh yeah sure that sounds great but they don't even think to ask because of how much of a non-thing it's become and i i think like anytime with any anytime you're trying to break a bad habit i feel like the best use it's best to go on offense and to yeah find something better to do replace it replace don't it. take it away replace it and that's 100 percent where our kids have been um when it comes to media as they have just been extremely engaged all the way until bedtime. Yeah. And, um, and then we choose to be like, Hey, do you guys want to watch a movie? And then even when we choose to watch a movie, we find we're really intentional on finding things that are very slow. I think that like, yeah, that's really important. Like we really want them to not have anything that's obviously content matters and narrative and, and the morals that are being communicated. But even in addition to those things, we want it to be like a slow movie where they're they're not forming these uh expectations for very like very st- for a very stimulating experience yeah you know? because when we do that then it really undermines everything i'm trying to do like i love that right now what they ask me to do is read and that's what they ask me to do or they like they just learned to knit this week and they asked me to knit or they get out their knitting like how cool is that yeah, like i great. just am so stoked out of my mind uh and then a lot of times it'll take us three to four sittings to finish yes. one movie yeah so like uh, our most recent movie night was Pollyanna and the 1970s version. And it's like a two hour movie. And so we probably watched 30 minutes at a time at a time. And like, well, we put the and kids to bed. Next time we do a movie night, we'll watch the next 30 minutes. It's great cause we, I love it that we don't skip the credits. And so, you know, those yeah. old movies have such long introductions like 10 minutes. and so, and the kids just sit there and watch minutes. it with just like the still photos and the text over them with the music playing and then the mu- and then the you know then the movie will start and they just stay there for the whole thing yeah it's yeah. great it's been a big goal of ours this year to increase our kids attention spans and let me tell you you can do it because yes. it is night and day like Elisha said from this time last year and yeah they're you're older you know they're 5 4 3 and 1 but they're all still really little and i think even the difference from february when we started being really intentional with this to now is like I would put them against a seven or eight year old as far as how long they can sustain interest in something that is boring. So how about you? uh, As far as Elisha and I, personally, personally, um, honestly, I have no desire to watch anything, period. That's just where I am personally. Currently. 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 Yeah, Elisha would be like, she gets into stuff, which I do. Like I've gotten into shows before where I just like cannot wait for the next episode to come out. Um, But that's not where I've been for the last three months. And I've just been reading a ton and loving that. And so it's rare that Elisha and I watch something together now. And I would say it's been documentaries. Yes, I'd say you and I will once a week usually at, over the last month, we will once a week watch something mm-hmm. together in bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And the same principle applies with this. I think you've replaced it with something that you're more interested in. And, yeah. and, and when we find ourselves in ruts of watch of what we feel like is consuming way too much media, then I think we're both proactive in, in doing that. I mean, like, okay, what's some what's a, a novel that we can really get excited about that can at least get us on the trajectory towards less less time opening the computer or, you know, or watching a show. Um, or or socializing, getting out and socializing. Um, and so I think that those are things that you can proactively do to yeah, just replace replace that with something else that you genuinely are excited about. Yeah, I think Another question that we get asked very, very often is it starts with how do you find the time? And then it will say something else. Like, how do you find the time to read? Or how do you find the time to do this? Yeah, work out. We just have hours and hours and hours of wasted time in our day. It is rare you find someone who doesn't. Well, I do. With 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 media consumption and so sneaky and it's so subtle and it's almost like we feel like we deserve it or like it's it's this natural part of our lives and so it needs to be there Uh, when you take it out you have a ton of time for other things and so yeah that's just kind of where i'm at again i mean i would love if a great show came out that i could watch and be excited about but i feel like there, it's just not out there right now. Yeah, we are we are not anti. Like we no. get pumped when we're pumped about. Like if a movie comes out, we're like, oh, this. We're pumped to watch it. Yeah, because oh, yeah, it's a good totally. movie. But that like, just rarely happens. Something trying to find oh. a movie is like, like that you're is in the, a bad mood before you yes. even start a movie. Oh, that, I mean, can any yeah. of you guys relate? I think other people can relate to where it's just oh, like, yeah. I just hate life now. Thanks yeah. a lot. And then I'm watching this movie that's like a total compromise and I feel bad when I'm done. So it's just not a win. So that said, I mean, if you guys have any like shows that you've watched where you've been like, this was so good and like either thought provoking or just, you know, didn't make you feel like you wanted to vomit at the end, then I would love to hear about it Yeah, (laughs) because we have greatly enjoyed watching things uh, during periods in our marriage where we can't wait to get into bed and watch, watch, you know, an episode, an episode of whatever we're watching. So I'm not saying that I'm against that. I'm just against watching things for the sake of watching them and not because they're worth watching. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's it, Katie. We're going to wrap this thing up. All right. Thanks for doing that are you can we thank you so much for being here today and answering all these questions uh, uh yeah it was my honor good okay well folks we'll talk to you next week <laughs> bye, bye.